Ephesians 3, 1 through 13. Please follow in the reading of the Word of God. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace, which was given to me for you, that by revelation there has been made known to me the mystery, as I wrote before in brief. By referring to this, when you read, you understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men, as it is now, but revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit, to be specific, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body, fellow partakers of the promise of Christ Jesus through the gospel, of which I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me according to the working of his power. To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. Therefore, I ask you not to lose heart in my tribulations on your behalf for they are your glory. Amen. Father, your word shines bright in a strange time. And Father, I ask that your people here across this world, and Father, they understand that the barriers are gone, the divisions are gone, the distractions are gone. And that, Father, we would unite in the person of Jesus Christ, the authority of your scripture by the power of your Holy Spirit and your people. Father, help us. Help us to have ears to hear. To you, my King, my Lord, in Christ's name. Amen. We're going through this and we're seeing a mystery revealed. A mystery revealed. Each and every one of you here is a part of that mystery. The body of Christ. You are a part of it. You bring part of it. We've seen that the Apostle Paul in 1-4 through was a prisoner of this. And he literally was. He was incarcerated for preaching in Jerusalem that Jew and Gentile are one in the person of Jesus Christ. The promises of the Jews, eternal salvation was given unto the Gentiles also. All the covenants were brought across to the Gentiles. And it was all done in the person of Jesus Christ. I've been dealing with some stuff. I've been reading Zechariah and Matthew's record of the, the birth of Christ. And, and it's amazing because Zechariah, oh boy, he ate too many spicy foods. But anyway, he has a combination of near-far prophecies. Some have yet to come that we see in the book of Revelations, but some have been fulfilled. And then I look at Matthew, Matthew's prophecies. And it was interesting to me, I was back at the part where the wise men from the east came to see the child. And the shepherds were there. Do you remember? You know what's amazing about that? The shepherds would have been Jewish. The wise men would have been Gentiles. So he started off like at the very beginning. Jew and Gentile one worshiping the king of the Jews. All right, Paul did it when he went to Jerusalem and they abruptly arrested him. 
and yet he was taken to Rome for trial. So he is a prisoner. And yet we looked in verses 5 and 6, the plan of this mystery. Uh, in other generations, this was not been made known. Okay, what is the plan? The plan is to be specific, verse 6, that Gentiles are fellow heirs, fellow members of the body, fellow partakers of the promise of Christ Jesus through the gospel. Okay, so that's the plan of the mystery. We saw the preaching of the mystery, 7 to 9. I was made a minister by God's grace given to me according to His power. So what I'm doing is, by the grace of God... What I'm doing is by His power. His power. To me, the very least of the saints. You know what he's saying? It is through humility. Listen, if it is by His grace and it is through His power, what are you going to boast of? See what I mean? And yet today, do not think that the pulpit is not prone to pride. I see it probably more so now than I have ever seen. And part of it is, uh, what do they call it, uh, the internet and television, whatever. Okay, but I know, I can tell a person who is boasting in their quote-unquote knowledge. I heard one this morning when I was coming into the office, and I thought, man, what you're saying is true, and it's just oozing with arrogance. And look at what I know. And I thought, ah, mercy. What he's saying is true. But you defeated it. Okay? So that is the preaching of this ministry. And it had been hidden for the ages. It had been hidden for the ages. I find that fascinating because you and I sit here in 2018 in the church. We were at Castle Rock Baptist Church. Some of you have been in church longer than I am old. Some of you not so much. Okay? But we have, we're used to church. I think that that's one of the, the, the detriments in our community is that we've become complacent. We've become content. I don't have any more C words, so I'll, I'll move on to, oh yeah, crippled. <laughs> there you go. I'll keep going. But see, I, I go through these things and I want us to think about it because you and I, whether you like it right now or not, we take church for granted. We take church for granted. I mean, there's 50, 54, there may be 53, we may have had a oops, 54 or 53 churches in Castle Rock. So I can go to a different church every Lord's Day for a year and they'll have a bonus out there. And I don't even have to go to, that's not Catholics or Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons or anything. Those are quote unquote evangelical churches. Okay? So there's all kinds of churches. I remember when I first moved to Colorado, my mom told me, uh, some, most of you know the story why I came to Colorado. There's multiple reasons. But one of the big ones was I was hiding. And so I, I came to hide. And my mom, when I first settled, I got me an apartment off of, uh, up by, uh, well, Colfax and Moline, not far from Fitzsimmons. Had me an apartment there, and uh, I remember calling my mom and said, okay, here's my address, you know, send money here. No, 
But, but anyway, you know, I'd kind of settled in, kind of landed. She says, you need to find a church. You need to find a church. She says, what you've been through and what you, you need to get, get in a church. You know what? I can't do that today. That was 79. I can't tell people, go find a church. Because you know what? When I was first came to Castle Rock, there were more bars than there was anything. Okay? Now, the bars have all kind of hidden themselves in restaurants. And now there's more churches than anything. But I can't... I almost... I, I'm not in good conscience, can I say, go find a church. Because I'm not sure how many churches in this town are actually preaching the unadulterated truth of God. And the authority and the power of the Spirit and the purpose of His Word. The Apostle Paul understood this. And part of the reason is, is that it's humility. It's humility. I don't have anything. I don't bring anything. I don't know any more than any other person who reads this book. But I do understand that if I get out of the way, then the Spirit of the living God gets it done. Which brings me to a text, 10 and 11, that uh, I would argue... The bulk of Christendom has absolutely no understanding of this. Okay? Here's what it says. So that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance to the eternal plan which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord. Call this the purpose of the mystery. Okay, the purpose of the mystery. I want you to understand something. As you sit here today, you are a part of this mystery being revealed. Each person in this room right now has a purpose in the revealing of this mystery. Okay? But what is the purpose of... Of the mystery. I've already told you what the mystery is. The body of Christ. The church. Jew and Gentile. Lord and slave. Male and female. All one in the person of Christ. The body of Christ. But what is the purpose of that? If you look at verse 10 there. Some of your translations may say, now the manifold wisdom. This translation, New American Standard, says, so that, manifold wisdom, okay, that in the original language is present tense. It's happened. So that. Why? So that the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Okay? That they know this. Okay, now who is that? Who is the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places? Well, let me make it as simple as I can. Angels. Angels. Okay? These terms are used in 
and used of the angelic host. You see it in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 21. You see it in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. You see it in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. But there he speaks of fallen angels. Okay? Now, I, in my understanding of this, I look at this whether it says it's a ruler or whether it's an authority. Some translations will say principalities, whichever. I look at it as the angelic host has ranking. Okay? We all know Michael. Michael is the archangel. He's the redneck. Okay? But if you look at creation, all of creation is authority and submission. There's no part of creation that does not exist on that. And so I believe that in the angelic host, there is authority and submission. Alright? So when you see principalities and rulers and powers and all of these others, you're looking at the ranking of the angelic host. Alright? Now listen. I want to go back to my context. What's my context? The purpose of all of this preaching. I'm glad you're all sitting down. I hope you're all awake. The purpose for all of this preaching. The, now get this. The purpose that God made the church. Was so that the angels might know the manifold wisdom of God. That plan that we looked at in chapter 1, what was its purpose? For the angels to see the multicolored wisdom of God. Verse 11 says that there's an eternal purpose to it that was purposed in the person of Jesus Christ. is according to the eternal purpose which He carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, when did we see the plan? Chapter 1. Okay, now listen. What was God's eternal purpose? Why did he have Paul preach the mystery? Why did he make the church, the bride of Christ, the body of Christ? Why was Paul called out as the prisoner of this mystery? Why this plan? That's not too difficult. So that the purpose might be fulfilled. Remember what the purpose was? Chapter 1. Before eternity. Before creation. He said here. This is what we're going to do. Why? That the angels might see the wisdom of God by looking where? Where do the angels look to see the wisdom of God? How you doing? Gives a whole new meaning to peekaboo, doesn't it? Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. We need to get a hold of this. I'm sorry, Castle Rock Baptist Church. We are failing miserably at this. One sixteen of Colossians. All things 
were made by Him and for Him. Did you get that? Let me put it in uh, hillbilly talk. Everything that God has ever done is done for His glory. Ever thought about that list? Everything that God has ever done, He has done for His glory. The reason for the church is not to just save people or strengthen those who are in the church. Did you know that? Most people believe that that's what the church is for. A lot of churches believe that the church is there just to save people. And that's wrong. I've already shared with you 1 Timothy chapter 3. That the church is the foundation and pillar of truth. Okay? A lot of people will take church. It's sort of like in 1979 when my mother told me, go find a church. You know what that is? A means to an end. Okay, now listen. I I don't want to get everybody upset here. It is a nice benefit of salvation. Okay? It is. But the reason is so that the angels will see this incredible miracle of the church. That they will glorify the wisdom of God. Did you hear what I just said? The angels will glorify the wisdom of the church. The wisdom of God in the church as they look at it. They will glorify God's wisdom. And they will only do it for eternity. God is worthy of all glory. Period. It's non-negotiable. First Chronicles 16. Give glory unto the Lord your God. Let me ask you a question. How are you doing with that? How about Psalms 19.1? The heavens are telling of the glory of God. Their expanse is declaring the work of His hands. Did you... I remember spending several, several long, in-depth conversations with Brian Johnson. I also run into a Russian... For some reason, rocket scientists and me kind of run into each other. Anyway, a Russian scientist... And he was raised atheist. Brian Johnson wasn't saved until he started looking at space. Do you understand the glory of God is the theme of the entire universe? You ever thought about that? I don't care what it is. I don't care how big you look at it or how small you look at it. It all is focused on the theme that this is the glory of God. The church is not a purpose in itself. It's not an end in itself. It is a means to an end. Okay, did you hear what I said? It is a means to an end. What is that end? I just gave it to you. That God will be glorified. And when God is glorified in the church, the angelic host does what? 
you understand that's what church is? God will be glorified in the unlimited praises of the angelic host. And you know where they get that information? From the church. So a question shows up. How do the fallen angels praise Him? That's not hard. They don't. And yet, you know what? By them not, God gets the glory. I remember reading Albert Barnes in his commentaries on the uh, book of Romans. And he made a comment right after the doctrine of sin. He said, God will be glorified in your salvation. And God will be glorified in your damnation. Either way, God will be glorified. When the angels fell following Lucifer, God received glory from the holy angels because of their rejection. By the wisdom that is manifest in the church, the holy angels see the manifold wisdom of God. The fallen angels see how stupid they were in disobedience to God, and they turned their backs on Him, and by doing that, He is glorified kind of in reverse. He's still glorified. God is glorified by the wisdom that is manifest in the body of Christ, the church. And it is done in such a way that the angels in the heavenlies glorify God by what they witness in the church. See, the angels have seen the power of God in creation. And they glorified God. The angels can see the wrath of God at Mount Sinai. And they glorify God. Do everybody understand what I said by Mount Sinai? That's when the law was given. That's the wrath of God. Break any part, bye. Okay? So they see Him in that. And they bring Him glory. The angels can see the love of God at Calvary. And they glorify God. But, God says the angels will see His wisdom in the church. Christ's bride. Christ's body. Why is not church more important to us? Let me give you some pictures. Just some things to think about. Revelations chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. Just listen to this. And the four living creatures, each one of them having six wings, and full of eyes all around and within. And day and night, they do not cease to say, 
Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. And then the living creatures will give glory and honor and thanks to Him who sits on the throne, to Him who lives forever and ever. And the 24 elders will fall down before Him who sits on the throne and they will worship Him who lives forever and ever. And they will cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are You, our Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. You have created all things and because of Your will they exist and were created. Chapter 5. 8 through 14. And when he had taken the book, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each one holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense. And they were the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to rule the book and to take the book and to break the seals, for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood. Men from every tribe, every tongue, every people and nation. And you have made them to be a kingdom and priest unto our God. And they will reign upon the earth. Then I looked up and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And the number of them were myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands saying in a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them, I heard saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. The four living creatures kept saying, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Chapter 7, 9 to 12. After these things I looked and behold, a great multitude which no one could count. From every nation, all tribes and peoples and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And to all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. You know what? They're whole, that's so redeemed. You know what they call that? That would be the body of Christ. That would be called the church. And the angels are praising the wisdom of God to have every people from every nation and every tongue completely one in Christ. Chapter 14, first three verses. Then I looked, behold, the Lamb was standing on Mount Zion. 
and with him 144,000 having his name and the name of his father written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven like the sound of many waters, like the sound of loud thunder. And the voice which I heard was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps. And they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. And no one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been purchased from earth. That is the redemption of the last of Israel. Chapter 19, 1 to 8. After these things, I heard something like a loud voice of a great multitude of heaven saying, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God because His judgments are true and righteous for He has judged the great harlot who is corrupting the earth with her immorality and He has avenged the blood of His bondservants to her. And the second time they said, Hallelujah! Her smoke rises up forever and ever. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God who sits on the throne. Amen. Hallelujah. And a voice came from the throne saying, Give praise to our God, all you His bondservants, you who fear Him, the small and the great. And I heard something like the voice of a great multitude, like the sound of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder and lightning. Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to Him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. And been given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. You get it yet? The angels are watching the church. Why? So they add to the chorus. God has taken all of the vision. He has taken all that, the divisiveness that is there. He has brought down all of the walls. He has made all one with Him. One with the Trinity. One with every other believer that God did that miracle of salvation. So that the angelic host would give glory for eternity to God. Listen, this is beyond all the wonders of wisdom. This is amazing to me. This is, this is amazing. I think about the things that we have in the last hundred years discovered through science and trial and error. And it's amazing to me. Dude, I got a computer that's stronger than one on my desk in my pocket. And it annoys me as much as the one on the desk does. That's amazing to me. I remember a guy had a little microphone thing and it was set on the head of a pen and you could look at it. It was the entire 66 books of the Bible. And I thought, well, that's really cool. And then I thought about it. Why? Who's going to read it? Well, yeah, but it's... Well, how do you know? 
So you took a really nice book and you made it really, really small. Cool. We are all one in Him. And it is beyond the wonders of wisdom. We all hear it. We all want to be one. The world will be one. I don't think man can pull that off. What do you think? That what well, haven't done it very well. A lady the other day said Jesus was a socialist. I was like, what? That's what the Bible teaches. Nah, he's a monarch. <laughs> That's what the Bible teaches. He's not a socialist. I don't understand it. Well, yeah, but he gave to everybody. No, he created. There's a big difference. I don't, do you see what I'm trying to get at? We come up with these great ideas and I'm sitting there going, really? Read the text that I just gave you. Listen, all the wonders of this wisdom, that's what causes the angelic host to give him glory. He has already seen the magnificence of his love. He's seen the magnificence of his wrath. They've seen the magnificence of his creation. And now they give him glory for the magnificence of his wisdom. Listen, do you understand that even the demonic host who want to destroy the church and can't destroy the church? Their frustration is glory to God? Have you ever thought about that? I just had a discussion this morning about it. And the gates of hell can't stop the church. Are we more powerful than hell? Really? The demons can't stop the church, but you can. I remember when people told me, they said, you need to change the name of your church. You got that Baptist up there. People won't come. Golly. The gates of Hades can't stop it, but that word Baptist can. You realize how silly that is? The angelic host, the holy angels, are looking and longing at the body of Christ so that they may see the miracle of His wisdom and proclaim it to His glory in the heavenlies. So the... Let me kind of surmise this a little bit. I want you to walk out of here and I want you to know this. I don't want this to ever leave your mind. I don't want this to ever leave your brain pan. Okay? The angels are checking out the church. They are watching. Part of the reason is they're told to. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit says, check out the effect of my wisdom. To see how wise He is, the more we fulfill God's plan, the more the angelic host praise God. We by our lives... By our ministries, in the church, by your relationship to other believers, give testimony to the very angels.
And that will cause them to give God glory. Angels are watching. You know angels are watching right now? They're watching you and me. Right now. And you know what's really neat about it? They're doing it with great interest. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. 1 Peter 1, 12. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. These things which are now have been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you. There's that preaching thing again. By the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things unto which angels long to look. Why? They long to look because they want to see the manifestation of God's wisdom so that they may praise Him. Do you ever think about that? Let me tell you what Jesus said about it. <clears throat> Luke's Gospel, chapter 15. Conclusion is uh, verse 10. But it's speaking of lost sheep. And then he speaks of the lost coin. Or what woman, if she had ten silver coins and loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And then when she found it, She calls together her friends and neighbors. She calls her friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin which I had lost. In the same way I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. You know why? Have you ever thought about why? See, normally we shift into it and we say, Well, yeah, salvation, that ain't it. That's a nice benefit. I don't want to downplay the benefit of salvation. But what they're seeing is the manifold wisdom of God. And when they see that sinner repent, they see God's wisdom at work and they praise Him. When one person is saved, the angels rejoice. I showed you what it looked like in the book of Revelations. Brothers and sisters, I want you to think about this, and I need you to think about it really, really, really hard. Do you understand the purpose of the church? So that the angels will praise God for eternity on the manifold wisdom that was carried out in the person of Jesus Christ. That's the reason. That's why the Apostle Paul was a prisoner. That's why the mystery was revealed. And that's why the preaching of this mystery was the passion of the Apostle Paul. It should be the passion of every believer so that the purpose of the mystery would bring more glory unto God the Father. Fascinating. Fascinating. Let's pray. Father, we come before you. Now, we all, knowing that the angels are longing to look upon the manifestation of your wisdom in the body of Christ, your church. Father, 
What a privilege. But yet, Father, what a responsibility. Father, I ask for Castle Rock Baptist Church to be the sweet aroma of Jesus Christ. So when the angels look upon us, the hallelujah chorus goes up. Help us, Father, in each of our individual ministries and in our collective ministries as a body, but also, Father, with the relationships that we have with one another and with other believers. And Father, we would be overwhelmed by what it is you do. Help us, Lord. Help us to have ears to hear. Help us to rejoice in the privilege. But Father, help us, as Paul said, the least of all the saints, in absolute humility, bow before that you may increase as we decrease. To you, my King, in Christ's name, amen.